When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Are you a lifelong fan of General Hospital? Are you a new fan who wants to know more about the history of the show? Do you enjoy talking about the show with others? Do you find yourself yelling at the TV? Is your self-care an hour a day in Port Charles? If so, we invite you to join hosts Amanda Kimmel and Shannon Coach at the place where all the hidden conversations take place and secrets are revealed. Meet us at Pier 54, a General Hospital fan podcast. Hi! Hi! Welcome to the Port Charles 411, all about... Christmases of Port Charles past. Similar to how we did the Thanksgiving episode. Yep. We both used Curly Q Girls GH Classic website for our research. Also a little bit of SoapCentral.com and my personal favorite, YouTube. How many hours did you get lost on YouTube? Listen, remember on Monday's (laughs) episode, I said that I rested a lot. (laughs) So... Okay. If you type in General Hospital Christmas on YouTube, there is a playlist of 50 videos. Does not mean it's 50 hours, but 50 videos. And there's a lot of good snippets. And then if you just search for each year. So I did not watch all uh-huh. of them because there's not episodes. Well, I'm glad you didn't spend 50 years, 50 hours on your computer. I promise you I did not spend 50. Well, no, I have it on my, um, it's an app on my Fire Stick. Oh, So I can actually cool. access YouTube. Straight from there. We had that on Apple TV, but then the girls would continually watch stuff that I just don't want to hear somebody unwrap presents or talk about dumb stuff on my TV all day long. So I deleted the app so they Mm. can't see that. But I never thought of it for your Useful stuff. (laughs) So we started with 1979. Yes. Because we couldn't go back much further. And that's the earliest that Curly Q Girls website went on. Yes. Yeah. Amanda's going to get us started. Okay. Same as Thanksgiving. Not going to read word for word because some of it is just way too storyline related. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to stick to Christmas. And that is all. Or like the big thing that happened. That yes. Day. Yeah. And this is really funny. Okay. Because the way that it's written out, it starts with, it's Christmas morning. Laura and Scotty smooch. Aww. Bobby gives Ruby a dress for Christmas. The Webbers give Heather's mom a coat. 
At the Hardys, Audrey congratulates Anne on the ring from Joe, which I congratulate on the ring. It makes it sound like you got him, girlfriend, right. instead of congratulations on your engagement. engagement. Yep. Which I did not really love. It continues on talking about, you know, basically they're just exchanging holiday. How are you? Blah, blah, blah. So then it skips over to over at the Weber's. Laura happily announces she made love to Scotty the night before. <laughs> like, to everybody? Yes. I got my stocking stuff last night. <laughs> and I guess the significance was it's the first time since the rape, which is not something to joke about because I'm sure that's very traumatic. Right. Okay. But I still don't feel like. I wasn't thinking about that. Well, no. And that's what I mean. When I first read it, I was like, wait. And then it goes on to a little more context. And I was like. Yes, I understand that obviously it was a traumatic event and getting past that. I'm very happy that she was able to move forward. I still don't feel like you would walk into your parents' house and say, hey, guess what? I'm happy to announce. Did you find my husband and I hooked up? Did not find the clip of her announcing that. I'm sorry. Or I would have had it for you to watch because I still just don't know exactly how she would say that. And then it goes on to say, Laura, since something is different with Leslie and I was they're dancing around talking about this baby and I have no idea so I did go to YouTube then it was when Monica had AJ and so I watched the whole scene of he's saying to her you know we can work it out I'm sorry I don't know why she was saying Rick's or is it Alan's yep and she's like I guess Leslie couldn't have any more kids at that point in time. So she was upset that she couldn't give him a baby. And now Monica gave him a baby and going on and on. And she says, we will hold off on the divorce until after the holidays. And I'm thinking, girlfriend, it's Christmas. Well, you're obviously not getting a divorce this week. Right. After the holidays is next week. So yeah, you're going to hold off on that. Um, And then it goes on to uh, uh, Bobby is teasing Luke because he's telling everyone how he's still so in love with Laura and everyone is acting like she's not as nice as everyone thinks that she is and that was back whenever Bobby was being a jerk all the time to Luke just because Mm -hmm. and so she said I have a present for you and he said what's that and she said oh Scotty and Laura are back together which was not very nice that's not nice no No. sisters can be very mean yes but again I just thought it was funny the way it opens with Laura happily announces she may love to Scotty. It's crazy. Okay. So that was basically all of 79. It really focused on the drama of Leslie and Monica's baby and all of that. Okay. For 1980, I could not find anything. There's okay. nothing on here about it. I could not find it on YouTube. It does mention that it was a partial Christmas episode and it was only 30 minutes. So I'm assuming that it was just normal pleasantries exchanged and that was all. There was no real drama around okay. it. Uh, 81, Rick and Leslie wake up the morning after their wedding. So apparently they got married Christmas Eve Eve. Okay. Because this was aired. Well, it says 12 It all depends on how their right. timing went. It depends went, yeah. on if they played it in real I was running into life. that too. Okay. Yep. Luke and Laura exchange gifts by the Christmas tree. So apparently her and uh, Scott are not still together. Luke. 81, that's Luke and Laura's first wedding. There you go. Luke gives her the red dress she wore the night they were at Wyndham's. Noah and Bobby bury the hatchet before she leaves for New York. Robert and Tiffany, Luke and Laura celebrate their friendship and wish each other a happy new year. Later, everyone gathers at Kelly's for a party and Rick and Leslie are out Christmas caroling. 
Um, Joe tells Rick and Leslie that if the court finds out that Mikey's natural mother is deceased, they are free to adopt him. Later at the waterfront clinic, everyone sings Silent Night. Oh. 82. Blackie, Leslie, and Rick head to GH with presents. Um, the annual kids parade in the hospital. Dan is dressed as Santa. Steve reads the annual Christmas story with the kids. And was that the first time that that was mentioned? That was the first time that was mentioned. Okay. But I was says, wondering when it started. It says annual, so I don't know if it had happened before then. Right. Okay. I don't know if they'd call it annual because that was the start of it. Do you call it annual? No. That's the start? Okay. I was going to say, I don't, I don't know, whatever. People try to do that. They say first annual, blah, but blah, blah. And annual. it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> okay. It's I, I was going to say, first. am I incorrect there? Because that's not annual then. Uh, I feel like okay. annual can start on the third because the second is the second Christmas or, you know, the next year's holiday party or something. Right. But the third you're good to say annual. That's what I would assume. Oh, it also mentions Alan and AJ were beside the Quartermain Christmas tree. Aww. And Robert and Jackie were snuggled in bed. And you know who Jackie is? I don't. Jackie Templeton? Demi Moore. Oh! I should have known that, but I didn't know that. Um, that's really all. All right, so 83 was important because 83 was Luke and Laura's last day before they ran off. Oh. Yes. Luke and Laura's last day as they wake up together in bed at Beecher's Corners. Christmas morning at the Quartermains with Alan by the tree and AJ playing with the electric train. Blackie and Lou help decorate GH as Audrey, Gale, and Bobby pitch in. Later, in a classic Gift of the Magi story, Grant gives Celia her presents. They are beautiful art brushes, which she can't use as she sold all of her art supplies. She asked Grant to open his gift, which is a ski trip, but he sold his skis to pay for the art brushes. Aww. Yes. Lila is touched by their love, and even Edward is touched by their sacrifices. Rick and Leslie meet Luke and Laura at Beecher's Corner, wondering what news they will have to tell him. Luke and Laura tell Rick and Leslie they are leaving to travel, and they start their tearful goodbye. Luke and Laura return to the mansion to gather their things and say goodbye to the mansion. Luke and Laura stop by GH and listen to Dr. Hardy tell the children at the hospital the Christmas story one last time. Luke and Laura sneak away and walk out of the hospital to begin their new life together. Are you going to cry? Are you sad? No, because I know that they come back. <laughs> That's a spoiler. Don't tell everyone spoiler that. Spoiler alert, Laura. Luke and Laura come back. Shh. You're not supposed to know that. That was it for my first couple years. Luke and Laura drama. So I did 84 through 87. And I like that they mentioned that AJ was sitting around the tree with the train because it was mentioned around mine. Did you grow up with the train under your tree? I did. I did too. And so did my husband. Is that a really common thing? I don't know. I just kind of thought that it was. I don't know about now. In 1984, Robert and Holly were planning a party for Mr. Donnelly coming to Port Charles. And Felicia was being stalked. So she was like off in a safe house and everything. And Frisco was not being played by Jack Wagner. What? He was temporarily played by Kevin Bernhardt. I did not and know that. they announced it. The role of Frisco Jones is going, will be portrayed today by Kevin Bernhardt. Was it a couple weeks? A couple months? I don't know, but he was in both episodes that I watched. Oh. Yep. Okay. Holly's planning the party and everything. And she's going over the list. And Robert's like, how about you do our guests a favor and don't cook? <laughs> That's not nice. No, it wasn't. He, he really kind of said it like that. So she's like, fine, we'll try the new Port Charles Hotel. Oh, yep. 
Tony and Tanya got engaged. Tony, Felicia, and Josh decided to go caroling with Frisco outside the Scorpios. Frisco had surprised Felicia with flying in her grandmother for the holiday. We see the parade of children at the hospital, and Tony and Tanya led the kids singing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And this is back in the day when they actually led them around, like through the halls. They were all singing and everything. The nurses and doctors were going through. And for some reason, at the Scorpios, they had a pinata, and Felicia broke it open. I don't know. Wow. Yes. But then, back at the hospital... Santa arrived with gifts for the kids and wanted them to learn about the real meaning of Christmas before opening their presents. And so Dr. Steve Hardy read the Christmas story and then they sang Joy to the World. And I love how Steve always read it because he always engaged the kids. Yes. You know, they answered questions. They got to guess the next part, you know, stuff like that. Right. In 1985, Frisco and Tony led the Christmas parade. Frisco and Felicia stopped by to see Robin before they went to the hospital and they gave her earrings and a necklace and the necklace said Robin and Frisco's like, that's my goddaughter. I'm going to spoil her rotten. And there was a kid that was recording the parade. Like he was doing a newscast. Okay. He had a microphone and everything. And there was a video camera guy. And he said that he had been a patient one year and that being at the hospital wasn't so bad that we shouldn't feel bad for them because they take a great, they take good care of them. Oh, that's sweet. It really was. And then when Steve read the Christmas story, Robin was sitting on his lap. And Robin did receive a phone call from her dad. How generous of him. And then in 1986, Duke was in the hospital and he was like using a walker. And nothing really substantial happened other than Duke was in the hospital. That was the only thing that I could really see. Felicia and Tanya were happy that it was their first Christmas together as a real family. And at Tony and Tanya's home, Frisco, Felicia, Patrick, Amy, Dan, Ruby, Bobby, Jake, Yank, and Jade celebrated the holiday. And at Anna's, Robert, Robin, Sean, Sandy, Buzz, and Tiffany enjoyed the day. At the annual Christmas party at General Hospital, Steve tells Robin and the other children of the first Christmas. And Robin was also sitting on his lap that day. Okay, so in 1987 is when Tony gave Lucy a ring. Robin gave Robert a stuffed wallaby. Because he's Australian. Oh, that's cute. And then he had flashbacks about Holly and he was holding a real wallaby with a ribbon around its neck. <laughs> so I need to find why. <laughs> why? I, yes, I would like the explanation of that. And then Mrs. Santa Claus showed up to the quarter means and carolers came in singing. There was no parade, but Dr. Hardy did tell the story and the credits rolled as he told it. So there was more information on the video than there was written down. Mm -hmm. And there was also an announcement at the end of the video that there was a preemption for the next day and GH would play instead of another show. Oh, okay. So I don't know, but I thought that was interesting. That is. So that's it for 84 through 87. Okay, so I did 89 through 92, and this is really where it was getting to the point where I was remembering Uh some of the characters and some of the things that happened, because this was the age I was getting into it. 1989, Julian brings presents to Anna and Robin. Tony dresses up as Santa. Lucy gets a present from Alan at GH, but he blows her off for Christmas. She really likes other people's husbands. She does. The children's Christmas party... It just says the children's Christmas party at GH, so I'm not sure how much detail they went into 
like if that was a year that they marched through the halls or if that was just the party. Right. But it does mention that at least it was held. Steve read the Christmas story. At Anna's Christmas Eve party, Frisco gives Felicia a ring and Duke calls Anna, but Julian answers. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. See? So mm. there's drama there. So there's another one. We should take note. How many people got rings for Christmas? Yeah. 1990. Decker goes all out on Christmas this year with his good fortune. BJ gives Frisco a Christmas card she made. And that was cute. I watched that episode. She was probably four or five, I would assume. Mm -hmm. She was on Steve's lap for the Christmas story. And Felicia saw the note in his pocket and was like, what is that? Like, what do you have? And he was like, oh, it's a Christmas card that BJ made for me and pulled it out. And it was cute. Just the way that they, Mm -hmm. she was so cute. I love BJ. Donna said she has to spend Christmas in the hospital. Monica kept asking Tony, he was dressed up as Santa. Did he have any extra information? Santa, can you give me a Christmas wish? Blah, blah, blah. And he was like, we just have to see what happens, happens. There's no, she was improving, I guess, but she wasn't out of the woods. But it didn't go into what had happened to her. So I don't know what exact medical condition she had there. Uh, The GH Christmas party, this one, they marched through the halls also, like you had said, everyone singing and all of that. Frisco invites Rita back to the brownstone after the party. I guess she didn't have anyone to spend Christmas with, so it shows him invite her, but he's obviously with Felicia because baby Maxie was there. That was a good episode to watch. You saw BJ, baby Maxie, who was like still swaddled up in her blankie and they're carrying her around. And then you get to see baby Lucas too. So if you want to see the kids all cute, then that is the year to watch. When Carla and Colton get engaged, there's another ring. I'm <laughs> just going to start making tally marks here. Frisco gives Maxie her first Christmas ornament. Frisco opens BJ's Christmas card, and it contains Bobby's earring and a note to Tony. Alan and Monica set up Christmas for Dawn in her hospital room, and Dawn gets a present from Decker. So that was 90. 91, Simone and Bobby talk about taking a family in for Christmas Eve. Tony comes in and can't find the Santa Claus outfit. The Quartermains are in their living room with Ned bringing in gifts. He says they're all for Jenny, and Tracy makes the nasty comment that he never bought that much for her, which I feel like is not really a correct comment anyway, because you don't buy the same amount of stuff for your mother that no. you buy for your girlfriend anyway. No. That was kind of weird. He says, well, you don't need anything, and she agrees and says Jenny is very needy. Oh, Tracy. Yes. Alan is setting up the trains. He asks AJ to help. Jason comes home from skiing. And the whole thing becomes all about Jason. And so it goes on and on multiple times about how unhappy AJ is because they ask Jason to help with the trains then. They take him to the hospital to show everyone off and talk about how wonderful he is. And he goes on talking about where he stayed and what he did and what all he saw. And AJ is pushed aside because he is not the golden boy. This has nothing to do with storyline, other or nothing to do with Christmas storyline, other than it was the first time that Brenda was mentioned, was Christmas of 91. Oh. Yes. Bill calls Julia in her hotel room. He hangs up on her. She thinks it's Brenda returning her call, and that was the first day that we ever heard any mention about Brenda. Did they say that specifically? It was the first time Brenda ever mentioned? Yes. Nice. Well, at least as far as they recall also, so okay. I'm assuming we're all on the same page. Cool. The cues arrive, and there is a crisis that they can't find the Santa suit. The Scorpios, they lose that thing a lot. They do. The Scorpios are having their Christmas Eve party. 
Anna looks at her gift under the tree that was delivered, and she hears that it is ticking. This was so ridiculous, but I remember this. She runs off to defuse it and figures out it's an antique clock that Robert was giving to her. The life of a spy, skeptical of everything. Yeah, don't ever buy a spy a clock. You don't know what's <laughs> going to happen to it. Dominique shows up at the Scorpio house. Mac is thrilled. Bill shows up at Julia's hotel room and gives her a gift. He invites her to Bobby's house. She says yes, and Robin is dressed in her elf costume for the hospital Christmas. 91. Tony visits Amy dressed up as Santa. Bobby brings BJ to the Christmas party. Connor sings. The quarter means are there. Robin is worried her parents won't show up. Mac and Dominique reunite. She tells him about all the changes she is making in her life. He's amazed at how strong she is. Aww. The doorbell rings. There's a delivery for Anna. Mac tells her to put it under the tree. Robert and Anna go to pick up Robin's present. Tiffany covers the hospital party and the homeless project for her television station. Scott and Lucy show up with gifts for the homeless kids who are coming to the party. Aww. Mm. Lucy's upset she's not invited to Bobby's party, which I'm not sure why that's ever shocking to Lucy that she's not invited places. Right. She tells Scotty she doesn't want to be alone for Christmas. Bill, Sly, and Julia show up to the party. Robert and Anna show up at Sean's with Robin's new bike and asks if he can if they can keep it there till tomorrow. They tell him Dominique has shown back up and Mac brings Dominique to the hospital party. The hospital parade continues. Steve tells the Christmas story. Bobby invites Lucy to join them and put aside their differences for one night. Lucy turns her down. <laughs> Scott tells her to shut up. Robert and Anna talk about how much Robin has grown up. Dominique and Mac almost kiss, and Charlotte shows up. Dominique tells Charlie she knows why she told her not to come see Mac, and she figures out Charlie's game, which, again, that's more storyline than I know how to get into. The Quartermains are back home with the two homeless families that they had invited to spend Christmas with them. Edward welcomes them. Alan introduces them to Tracy, Paul, his sons, etc. Ned gives Jenny a ring. There you go. There's another one. <laughs> Ned gives Jenny a ring while Paul looks on longingly. Dominique tells Charlie that she is moving back into her apartment over the outback. Dominique tells Charlie to find another place to live. The quartermains are in their living room again. Lila tells the families about how each ornament is special. Mm -hmm. Tracy says they are all from Lila's trips around the world. They all comment on how nice it is to have Edward back. Sean gives Tiffany a necklace at the Scorpio party. Anna wants to open her gift now. It's a jade statue. Back at the brownstones, Scott gives Lucy an antique perfume bottle for her new perfume. She is happy he is backing her up in spirit. They kiss. Ned and Jenny show up. It starts snowing. And at the Scorpios, Connor plays the guitar and sings. Aww. Aww. 92. The Quartermains are all in a foul mood for Christmas. Jenny brings presents to the mansion. Tiffany decides that she and Lucas will not be going to the GH Christmas party. At the GH Christmas party, Ned accuses Jenny of trying to buy sympathy from his family. The GH Christmas party gets underway. Jenny tells Julia she is trying with Ned, but he will not have any of it. Tiffany and Sean bring Lucas to GH. Paul sees Dylan, but tells Tracy he is not staying for Christmas morning. Steve reads the Christmas story, and Tony makes his appearance as Santa. Ryan shows up with presents for all the kids and tries to give Maxie a gift. Reginald gives Tracy a bell for Christmas. Bobby gives Lucas his Christmas present, and Bobby and Tiffany manage to get along. Ned joins Julia back at her hotel suite, and the episode ends with a Christmas montage. 
There's a lot of those. Yes. And most of them are on YouTube. So 93, it was really funny because it opens with Brenda, Jason, and AJ sorting through presents and everything. And it's Jason Quartermain. And he's wearing like the preppy sweater oh and stuff like gosh. that. And they turn on the radio and AJ's like, yeah, the boss. Because <laughs> um, Bruce Springsteen is on singing Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Yeah. So then Alan comes over and changes the station. And I forget what song it was, but he's like, no, no, no. This is real music. And it was something from, you know, probably like the 50s, 60s. Yeah. And he grabs Monica and they start dancing by Aww. the tree and everything. And then Brenda starts dancing with AJ. and then. Edward and Lila start talking to each other and he says something to her and then she said something back and he's like, Lila. And she goes, I'm flirting with you, darling. <laughs> and I'm like, and he's like, how special am I that I get a beautiful woman like you still flirting with me after all these years. I love them. He started talking about his time in the war and it was the first time that he heard I'll be home for Christmas Aww. because he was in world war two and they had been writing back and forth. And he's like, and you know, I got to come home and marry you. And she looks over at, Alan and Monica and AJ and Jason, she goes, and look at all the trouble we've caused or something <laughs> to that effect. And it was just really, really sweet. Other than that, nothing really happened other than Mac and Felicia set a wedding date. And this is Ryan was around and Ryan learned that Felicia was engaged to Mac. This was the year that the Spencers came back. Luke and Laura came back. Okay. And it just says that Luke was in back in time to put the angel on top of the Spencer tree, which we find out the story behind later. Okay. So stay tuned. Don't you hate when you're listening to a great podcast and suddenly you're interrupted by an ad? I know. Thank goodness Stitcher lets us listen to our favorite podcasts like Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, My Favorite Murder, and many more ad-free for only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year. Go to stitcher.com slash premium to sign up today. Use promo code PEER54 for one month free on us. In 1994, Brenda told Lois about the annual Christmas party and tried to convince her to attend. Ned had missed a concert, so Lois was, like, really mad at him. And Lila is all over the place inviting everybody. And she's like, but I bought gifts for everyone. You have to come to the party. And Edward's like, you've invited half of Port Charles. <laughs> and then Lois and Ned start arguing about the fact that he accepted the invitation. And, you know, Lois. Yes. Then the Kate siblings all celebrate together because Jagger's birthday was around Christmas mm -hmm. and they fought, they fought like siblings. And then Karen stopped by and kind of told Gina, you know, give your brother some grace because he's really been there for me when I've really needed him. Yes. And then Bobby and Tony had a really difficult time because that was the year that BJ died. And seriously go to Addie Kate 007. So A D D I E C A T E 007 on YouTube. It's like the perfect inner monologue I've ever seen that explains. I mean, so Tony and Bobby are going through something that parents should never have to go through the loss of a child. But we've all had those things where you're strained mm -hmm. and you're just thinking things and wanting the other person to just do this or, you know, and so they talk to each other for a second, but then they're both silent. And Tony's like, I just want to go over there and hold her. And she's like, I just want him to hold me, you know? And Aww. they talk about how they wish they could reach out to each other and how they wish they could. It was great. I mean, it was. Did you cry? No, <laughs> but it was 
I might now. (laughs) It really was. And I mean, if you've been married for any length of time or you've been in a relationship for any length of time. Right. You know, you just sit there and you're like, I just want them to do this. And not the, I just want them to pick up their socks or leave the. Right. Yes. This is the emotional reaction that I need from you. Yes. And then for the Christmas parade, Lucky and Foster led it. Aw. Yep. And Steve told the Christmas story. And Miguel gave Lily a ring. Oh. <laughs> Number six. Wow. And then Luke and Laura decorate the tree and discuss the recent poor Charles going ons. And Laura opens the Christmas tree angel and Luke places it at the top of the tree. And the four of them stand picturesquely in front of that tree. And the four of them is Luke, Laura, Lucky, and Foster. Mm. No Lulu yet. In 1995... Alan and Tom argued over who would sit in for the ailing Steve Hardy, who couldn't be there to tell the Christmas story. Eventually, Tom pleads that he needs to do it, so Alan relents, and that's Tom Hardy. Right. Robin and Mac reminisce about Stone. Everyone carols and gathers around for Tom's version of the Christmas story, and I couldn't find this. Then back at the Quartermains, it says, Emily and the Q-Men argue about the electric train, Alan is holding out for the traditional circle around the tree, but Emily demonstrating her developing talent for male manipulation begs Alan for a larger run. (laughs) Eventually, he agrees to everyone's delight. And Ned saying, have yourself a merry little Christmas to Lois over the phone. And there was a montage of the characters (laughs) as it rolled. In 1996, apparently nobody ever bought a Christmas tree before Christmas Eve that day. Oh, okay. Nobody. Jackson and Brenda were having their first Christmas together and he had just come back from Australia and brought ornaments that he had made as a kid. Aww. I know. And they talked about adding to their own collection in the years to come. It was the first year without Dr. Hardy. So I'm not counting the year prior because I mean, yes, yeah, Tom stepped in, but this was the, Steve had passed away. Right. It was the first Christmas for Jason Morgan. Okay. And it was Emily's first Christmas with the Quartermains. And so the Quartermains went to this Christmas tree lot. Well, Sonny had gone to the Christmas tree lot too because Mike had insisted that Sonny needed a tree. Mm. And so Jason's there. And the woman who was running the lot was like nine months pregnant. Oh, turns out her water had broken a couple hours earlier. (laughs) Of course it did. Christmas Eve's their big moneymaker. And she was scamming them. She was charging like $80 for a tree, $150 for a tree. Right. That's ridiculous. Right. And then Jack shows up with Brenda. So Sunny, sorry, Sunny sends the wife, the couple to the hospital. Is like, seriously, we will take care of your Christmas tree lot. Please go have your baby. Yes. So he dons the Santa hat and everything. And Edward and the rest of the quartermains all show up for the Christmas tree. And Edward asks, oh, are you like expanding your cover-up businesses and stuff like that? And then when he finds his, so when they're looking for the Christmas tree, Edward tells AJ to check them for explosives. And then when he finds one, Sonny charges him (laughs) $5,000. And, oh, you know what? It was this year, um, the Christmas party was even a bust because Amy and Bobby usually planned it, but there was a lot of stuff going on and they didn't. Mm -hmm. And so that's why Edward was going because- Amy had called Monica or Bobby had called Monica. Someone called Monica and was like, we need help. And so they basically stopped decorating their tree, went and bought another tree. This is when they wound up at the lot. Sorry. 
I'm trying not to read my notes because it's more fun. It's yes. yes. Storytelling than me reading the chicken scratch that I have all over the place. Then Jack shows up at the Christmas tree lot and basically Sonny's really giving him a hard time. And he basically tells Sonny, that's fine. I don't need the tree. I got the girl. <laughs> Sorry. And it's the night that Ned and Alexis met because they were at the hotel bar and they were comparing why they hated the holidays. Mm. And so it was also Brooklyn's first Christmas, but she wasn't on scene. And so he actually, when he was going to leave, he said, I would try picking you up, but I'm married and I'm not very appealing right now or something like that. It was something to that effect. Yeah. And then he showed her the picture of baby Brooklyn and left. And then the holiday party came together at the hospital and Alan took over reading the Christmas story. Mm. In 1997, this was the first year we have Nicholas. So it was the Weber girls too. They were new too. I didn't think about the fact that they all came at the same time. They, did. they all came at the same year. Yeah. And David Cause, the guy who played the theme song to General Hospital, was at the Christmas party playing the saxophone. Nice. And he was he, by he, he was, was playing himself. He was mentioned, perfect. yes, and mine also because it became a tradition for a couple years there. Yes. Carly was preparing to give birth to Michael. Oh, and Carly had completely decorated Jason's penthouse. Of course she did. <laughs> and Jax had brought Brenda home because she was in Shady Brook and he had gotten her to come home for the holidays and elves had decorated all over the place. That was before Elf on the Shelf. And he had given her three boxes because she's like, I don't even have any food. And so he gave her three boxes and one was a box of chocolate, one was a box of graham crackers and then marshmallows. So they Aww. made s'mores because remember they did that yes. for Thanksgiving. Yes. And then in 1998, so it's Michael's first Christmas and Carly is begging Jason, can we please go to the Quartermains? Can we please take him to the General Hospital Christmas party? He needs to meet Santa. And Jason was like, no, because Tony's there. Because remember Tony kidnapped? Yes. Yep. Kidnapped Michael. That poor kid's been kidnapped a few times. He has times. been kidnapped a few times. But I feel like that wasn't Tony's That was fault. slightly justified. He thought it was his son. Yes. And I believe at this point, he still thought it was his son. I think so, too. I do. And he didn't want to be around the Quartermains. Right. No, and Jason was justified, but I feel like Tony was justified mm -hmm. also. So Edward came to see Monica, and Tony was asking why he couldn't be Santa, because he had all those charges filed against him. So Monica was like, no. Mm. And Edward was going to be Santa. Aww. And Tony's like, he's a Scrooge, not a Santa. <laughs> Which is, you know, clever. It was Mac and Felicia's first Christmas married, but he was in the hospital. Liz had given Lucky an oil painting of when they lived in the boxcar. Yes. And there were music notes coming out of it. And she actually had the first chords of the song Elizabeth that he had written for her transcribed by a music teacher so that she drew them correctly on the painting. Wow. This impressive. is why I like Liz. She has it in her. Like, that is um, that was a long time ago. She's lost it. But... You know, it's... She did. And kind of rightfully so. She's been through some stuff. She's done a lot to herself. I know. Mm -hmm. And then Lucky gives Liz a ring and tells her that he loves her and she doesn't have to say it back. I don't think it's an engagement ring, though. Should we count it? I don't think it should count. Okay. It's not an engagement ring. Okay. But she does tell him that she's loved him all along. So then Nicholas and Emily show up to Lucky and Liz's and... Emily and Liz exchanged gifts and like typical guys, Nick and Lucky didn't get anything but are saved by their women who shopped for them. Nick got an ELQ baseball cap and he bought Emily a music box and David Cause was back and Alan read the Christmas story. 
and Luke showed up to say goodbye to Lucky and Bobby. And this is when Lucky was mad at him because he had just found out recently that Luke had also raped his mom. And mm. said, like, remember, he wasn't talking to him, yep. really, but he did say goodbye to him. Oh, and there was no Christmas parade. Oh. Yeah. So David Cause played Silent Night in the background while they did the montage. Mm-hmm. But fun fact that we heard on the That's Awesome podcast when Jackie Zeman was on that the kids that are at the holiday party. Yes. The cast and staff members of the show were asked if they wanted to bring their kids in. So Mm -hmm. a lot of those kids are not actors. Well, I mean, obviously the kids from the show are the actors, but a lot of them are also cast members and staffs, real life kiddos, which I think is so so cool. Yes. And that's all that I have for 94 through 98. Yeah. Okay, so 99 to 2003, it's, I'm, this one had paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs, tons of extra storyline, which was interesting because it's been a while, but at the same time, I didn't want to read all of that to everyone, so I just kind of summarized it, but my first sentence says, Tony Santa again, and now that you said that he couldn't be it because of kidnapping Mm -hmm. Michael, makes sense, he was excited to be Santa again. Luke and Elizabeth shared a nice moment missing Lucky. She went to his office and he was just sitting there drinking and she talked to him and invited him to the Christmas party and he said it was the best invitation that he had had all millennium and no, you know, he wasn't going to go or whatever, but they just sat there and kind of discussed. Well, this is when we thought Lucky died. Yes. So just discussing their mutual missing of Lucky. Mm -hmm. Dave Cause plays at the Christmas party, and it said that Lucy, I guess, I'm assuming it was like one of the Lucy regular skits, where every year she would introduce herself, even though he had already met her the previous year, so that she could get FaceTime with him, which is not as shocking as Lucy is. But after you said that he had been there a couple years before, I was like, okay, because I didn't 100% remember that. Nicholas and Jason fight over Liz. So that was whenever... Jason and Liz were together, but they were keeping it hush-hush. Yeah. And then they left the Christmas party and were all kind of flirty and cute. And Nicholas interrupted them leaving and then got into a brawl with Jason over Liz. And so then they were out to everyone. Alan read the Christmas story and Emily and Juan helped hand out the presents. And Emily was dressed up in a cute little elf outfit. Everyone was shocked about Jason and Liz. And Emily was upset because they hadn't told her. And you remember her and Liz obviously were best friends mm-hmm. and her and Jason were supposed to be close. Yeah. So that was not very nice of them. And then it says, while well, have yourself a merry little Christmas plays and the quarter share Christmas together. The mixed marrieds are together and happy. Jax and Chloe share a kiss while Ned and Alexis do the same. Hmm. Emily, I miss those couples. <laughs> Emily and Juan share a kiss under the mistletoe. Bobby is alone with a gift that Jerry had delivered to the hospital. She can't help but look a little sad as she eats her red licorice. (laughs) I don't know what, if there was like a running joke with red licorice, but that played into it. At the art studio, Liz presents Jason with a Christmas gift and a kiss on the cheek. Jason is clearly touched by the gesture. Stefan arrives at Laura's with her Christmas gift. He is saddened when no one answers his knock. And the reunited Scorpios are happily gathered around the tree. For 2000, it was their Christmas show and it aired a day late due to preempts around Thanksgiving. So they took a long time to play catch up there. Laura gently explains to a hopeful Lulu why her daddy won't be home for Christmas. Hmm. Audrey enlists Chloe 
to play an elf for the hospital annual Christmas party. Sunny promises Carly and Michael he'll meet them at the holiday party following the conclusion of his business. After Alan reads the traditional story of the nativity, Santa Tony distributes toys to all the boys and girls in the children's ward. Xander embraces a tearful Emily as he's finally released from custody. Mm. Later, Xander, Emily, Alexis, and Sunny walk out of the police station and straight into a hail of bullets. This is met, or this is set to a music montage of scenes of the shooting and the GH Christmas scenes. 2001, Carly is opening up the hotel and she's waiting on all of the permits. And Jax gives her some of the permits that she's waiting on as a Christmas present. Okay. And toasts the most unconventional club-owning mom. She happily sips her bubbly. Things get a little weird when he whips out the gift box and insists that she opens it. And she decide, she tries to decline gracefully but ends up opening the gift, which contains the necessary building permits for the new club. Oh, this was the year that Courtney learned that Mike was alive because her mom had told mm-hmm. her that he had died because he was into gambling and all that. And she thought that was better. And so then because of that also learned that Sonny was her half brother. Felicia's girls were there. They weren't supposed to be there. And she was all sad and depressed. And Max said, I think I have a surprise for you that will cheer you up. And somebody rang the doorbell. And whenever she opened it, it was the girls coming home. Monica leaves with Ray on her tail as Alan begins to tell the story of baby Jesus to the hospital kids. Monica arrives home and Ray tells her again that she's not after Alan. In the midst of the drama, strains of Silent Night are heard from the living room. The gals enter to see Lila and Skye surrounded by Dickinson carolers and holding holiday candles. As AJ enters and receives a lit candle from his sister, Edward makes his way to Lila's side and tells her how much he loves her. Even Monica is moved to smile while in the presence of Ray as Alan walks in and views his loving family. Alexis runs into Jax at the park, standing in front of a memorial of the mm-hmm. September 11th victims, which again, I love the way they pull, we've said it a hundred thousand times, but they pull real life into it. So it was only appropriate that they would talk about September 11th because that was on everyone's mind that Christmas. Mm-hmm. He tells her that he knows how hard it's been for her to lose her best friend this year. She tells him that in light of all the changes and destruction that have abounded this year, she still feels lucky. She goes on to say, that we never seem to take the time to tell those around us just how much they mean. Jack listens intently as Alexis tells him that she loves him and that her life is better because of him. He says he loves her too and they embrace. She tells him that she has an idea and asks for his help. Later we see the two of them along with Melissa, Roy, Sunny, Carly, Michael, Nick, Gia, Ned, and Christina lighting candles in a memoriam of those whose lives were taken. Courtney appears on the steps of the park, sees her brother and his family, and somberly accepts a candle from Jax. 2002, again, tons of extra information. This is when Molly was born. Okay. Through tears of joy, Alexis thanks Cameron for persuading the NICU staff to let her hold her infant daughter for the very first time. And that's Cameron, Cameron's grandfather, not the Cameron that we know. Yes, which is very confusing just because it's hard to think back that time, but obviously... The OG Cameron. Obviously, Cameron now wasn't convincing nurses of anything back in 2002. So, uh, Monica coerces Edward to be the Santa Claus that year. Okay. Michael writes Santa a letter asking for his dad to be home for Christmas because this is when Sonny and Jason were in jail. 
I, again, I don't want to get into too much storyline, but it goes into Taggart was ready to process Sonny and have him kept in jail forever. And then a call comes from Judge Weston, who released Sonny, and Sonny tells Jason he didn't call in a favor because he couldn't get a hold of anyone. It turns out that Rick is who got him out, and he doesn't want any favors from Rick, and Carly's kind of like, shut up, he got you out of jail. Right. Just focus on that and try to get Jason out also. So then it says Sonny and Carly return home to a happy reunion with Michael. Christmas music montage to have yourself a merry little Christmas. Rick plays the guitar for Liz. Scenes from the GH Christmas party. Coleman at Sky's bedside. Courtney standing sadly before the tree in her empty apartment as Jason returns home and they embrace. Sonny kisses a sleeping Michael and Carly as they are curled up on the couch and it ends with Jax and Brenda on their island terrace. 2003, are you ready with your pen? Mm -hmm. Nicholas presents Emily with a gorgeous engagement ring for Christmas. He sold Wyndham's early in order to afford to buy it for her. But unbeknownst to Nicholas, Emily, with a little hope from Alexis, was the buyer. She returns the deed for Windermere to Nicholas as his Christmas present. I knew they played that storyline a couple of times. Keep a track of that, too. Not crazy. I knew it happened. At General Hospital, minutes before the pediatric children arrive for the Christmas celebration, in front of Dylan and Tracy, Sage and Georgie get into a fight. The girls attack each other, shrieking insults, until Brian and Dylan are able to pry them apart and they are told to behave. Things eventually settle and the children arrive to see Santa, played by Cameron, again, Xander's dad, and hear Alan give the traditional Christmas reading. Oh, and then it goes on to... Oh, this is over two days. So on the 23rd is when it shows all of what I just said. And then in the middle of that, Lulu wants Luke around because this is when Laura's in the mm-hmm. in her catatonic state or whatever. So Nicholas shows up to Lucky's house for the party, and Luke is there peering in the window but not going in. And Nicholas kind of calls him out on, why don't you quit being a jerk and go be a dad for your kid because yeah. that's what she needs. And so then it goes into... He goes back to the casino and sits at the bar to have a drink. The lights begin to flicker. He gets up to look around, and suddenly before him stands the ghost of Stavros Cassidyne. Luke stares at Stavros as he presents him with his last chance to escape his fate. And then over the course of the day of the 24th, Luke's Scrooge episode continues. It goes from Stavros to Helena, who informs Luke that she is the spirit of Christmas past. Helena takes Luke to a street corner in Port Charles, where Luke sees himself as a youngster, along with Bobby, conning a rich woman out of some money. While Luke and Bobby tell their benefactress that they need the money for groceries, they really plan to buy a bus ticket to go live with their Aunt Ruby in Florida. Luke is amazed to learn that the benefactress was... Can you guess? Lila Quartermain, who had planned to adopt Luke and Bobby. Oh! Luke argues that he and Bobby were better off with Aunt Ruby in a brothel in Florida than with the dysfunctional Quartermains. However, Helena... Next, whisks Luke to a scene from his past where Luke successfully convinced Bobby to turn tricks for a couple of more years until they had enough money ahead to quit that life. The next spirit to arrive is Nicholas, who declares that he is the spirit of Christmas present. Nicholas whisks Luke to the docks where they find Scott making off with the cash that has just been donated to the children's charity. Although Luke insists that Scott's moral failures have nothing to do with Luke, Nicholas explains that Luke once was a man of honor with good intention, but Scott began to head down the wrong road when Luke's affair with Scott's wife, Laura, broke Scott's heart. 
Then Nicholas and Luke visit the Quartermain mansion and listen to Edward telling Skye about the children that Edward and Lila almost adopted once. Luke feels compassion for Skye and becomes alarmed when a melancholy Skye prepares to take a drink. I, I don't want to keep reading it because there's tons more paragraphs, but it's basically just No, but Christmas that's the Christmas story. story. That's really cool. I like yes. that. So that was cute. And then... Who was Tiny Tim? When Luke awakens alone, he finds he is once again aboard the Haunted Star. Luke is elated when he discovers that he is alive after all and that it is still Christmas Day. Luke rushes out to buy Christmas gifts and runs into Michael and a bodyguard as they are walking Rosie. Michael is mystified as Luke cheerfully wishes him a Merry Christmas. Luke rushes to find Lucky and surprise his son by announcing that Luke is coming to Bobby's later for dinner. Next visits the Quartermain Mansion, and knocking a cup of coffee out of her hand, Luke implores Skye to resist the desire to drink and instead accompany Luke at Bobby's to celebrate Christmas. So that was the end of episode three. It really is, like, I will, I want to go back and watch that whole episode of Luke. and. Yeah, that sounds like a really good one to definitely go back and look. All of his stuff. So 2004 is Elizabeth Camp's first Christmas. Aww. Other Cam has since passed on. Yes. It was the and first one without Lila. Mm, I know. And there was a huge blizzard. And also, was it a blizzard or did the whole town get frozen over? <laughs> no, we did not bring back the ice princess for this. It was a blizzard. Alexis, and this is, goes back to what we were talking about on Monday's episode about the whole custody thing and everything. Alexis is trying to outdo Sunny on the Christmas tree. And so she wants a bigger Christmas tree. So she and Rick go to the farm to cut down, a, or go to the woods. We don't even go to a farm to cut it down. And sure enough, Blizzard hits. They wind up getting snowed in a cabin. In the meantime, Sonny and Alexis have been arguing over having Christina baptized. And he had scheduled for her to get baptized on Christmas Eve. And Alexis is like, I need to get home. You know, I don't want her to be baptized, blah, 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 blah. And then Christina winds up spending the night. And they didn't hear from Rick and Alexis. And he's like, this is not like her. She does not give me an extra minute than I should have. So, and no one's answering phones. So something's going on. Then Jax was talking to somebody and he found out that Rick and Alexis hadn't come back yet. Oh, he had um he had stopped by Jason's or Courtney's and Jason had gotten stuck in the blizzard. Okay. Uh-huh. And she's like, nothing happened with me and Jason. And he's like, I actually believe you, but we can't find Alexis. So I need to get on my helicopter and go find her. <laughs> and so, so they did find Alexis and Rick did find a really, really great tree. But Rick had to burn it to have a smoke signal. Mm, I hate when that happens. I know. Uh, and they were able to be found because of the smoke signal. So Wow, that was genius. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought of that, I don't yeah. think. And then Courtney, Jason, and Sam were all at Kelly's when Mike Corbin owned it. Mm-hmm. And Courtney's like, Carly asked me to get a christening dress, but because of the snow, I didn't get to the store yesterday because we wait till the last minute. And christening dresses are kind of important. You don't really hold off on those. Well, okay. this is also a month and a half after Sam lost her Lila. Okay. When, so if you don't know, Sam McCall was pregnant with Sonny's child and miscarried, but she had named her Lila. Mm-hmm. And Sam said, I think I might have something for you. And Sam came to the rescue and gave Courtney the dress that she had bought for Lila to be christened in. And she says, I don't really know that much about clothes and sizing and everything. So I don't know if this is the right yeah. fit. And then 
Alexis shows up to the Corinthoses. She's like, I just have to run home and get changed. And Sunny's like, there's no time for that. And so Carly offered her clothes. And then Alexis is kind of rude to her and said, I haven't been a size two since I was 12, which is not very nice. Like Carly just said, you can borrow some of my clothes. Right. Come see if we have something. And you're going to respond in that nasty way. And then Carly, in her way, comes back and says, well, maybe I still have maternity. Oh. (laughs) And then Edward was having a really difficult time and didn't want to be at the hospital because he missed Lila. And Tracy got really, she got Lila on him and was like, no, you need to be here for mom. She'd want you to be. And he's like, don't tell me what your mother would want. Blah, 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 blah. And then... Georgie was dressed in, as an elf, and she's the one who led the parade. So we had a mini parade, which was the kids coming around the corner. Okay. And Alan read the Christmas story. In 2005, it was J. Sam's first Christmas, even though they had started kind of seeing each other a little bit. But yeah. Right. Official. Emily was with Sunny, and Carly was in... Ooh. Uh-huh. I hated that storyline. I know. Story I hated line. it. It was gross. I hated that storyline. It was just not good. Mm-mm. And Carly was in Rose Lawn and she walked in on Emily talking to Dr. Kim and she thought that Emily was trying to keep her away from her kids. And Emily was actually like, no, seriously, the kids need their mom on Christmas. I remember that. Emily was so nice. And this was Molly's first Christmas. Courtney was pregnant with Spencer, but Jack thought that it was his, but they were separated because Mm -hmm. she had been with Nicholas She was decorating the tree and he had showed up drunk at her house saying that he still loved her. And the next day he was apologizing and saying, I still love you and all this. And the baby started kicking. And so he got to feel the baby kicking. Then at the hospital, Noah Drake was Santa and he was drunk. Oh, yeah. Not a lot of people could tell. But as the adult child of an alcoholic, you can always tell (laughs) when your parent is toasted. Right. And... Sure enough, Patrick was like, really? You're going to be drunk at the hospital while you're being Santa Santa. Christmas. And Michael and Morgan walked up and Michael asked Santa for their mom to come home for Christmas. Santa was like, wait, is your mom Carly Corinthos? And they said, yes. And he said, I think. And he's like, well, look over there. And she came through and Emily had saved the day and Carly was able to spend the time with her. Did Carly remember to thank her? She did. Oh, that's good. And during the closing montage, Tracy tapped tapped Monica on the shoulder and gave her a little box. And just as Monica was going in for a hug, Tracy kind of like waved her (laughs) off like, no, 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 we don't do that. And Alan did the Christmas reading. In 2006, at the penthouse, Jason and Sam had bought a tree to decorate. They had sent Spinelli to Tennessee to spend the holiday with his grandmother. Carly broke the news to the boys that Jax was gone and the wedding was postponed, but they promised that they would all elope when Jax returned. And Elizabeth was upset that he couldn't get the hot toy of the season for Cameron. And Audrey tried to calm her irate granddaughter. Lucky arrived and asked Liz to escort him to the Christmas party and she turned him down. Alexis and the girls arrived and bumped into Rick. The adults remained civil. Mac and Lucky admonished Maxie for donning her traditional elf suit so soon after her miscarriage but she said that she refused to sit at home and mourn her loss remember she faked the miscarriage with lucky's kid yep Mm -hmm. that was awful yep and patrick pulled robin behind the christmas tree to smooch there's a lot of smooching going on and georgie was dressed as mrs claus was furious to find dylan dressed as santa with his pants down as elf 
Lulu adjusted the costume. It was innocent, but Georgie stormed off anyway. Alan read the traditional Christmas story. And at the Christmas pageant, as Emily and a nervous Nicholas arrived with Spencer, Helena lurked in the background, as did a disguised Colleen. On the docks, Liz was thrilled to find the toy that she had been seeking for Cam, courtesy of Jason, of course. And during the montage of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, Patrick and Robin head to the supply closet as Epiphany smiles and shakes her head. Oh, back to the Cassadines. I'm sorry. They were doing that pageant and I guess Spencer was being baby Jesus. And Nicholas went to get him and was horrified, horrified to find that the manger was empty and Spencer was nowhere to be found. Mm -hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. <laughs> in 2007, this was the year that Alan had died. I know. Why do you have to be so sad? I don't know. Why did I get all the people died? You didn't have any of them. How did that happen? Good. I'm glad you keep all that death over there. Oh, so as Jax and Carly and the boys were, they were having a great Christmas and they were preparing to leave for the hospital's Christmas party. Carly fainted. And Jax asked if she was pregnant, and she says, no, just a touch of the flu. Meanwhile, the following October, we have Joss. Yep. So the answer right there is yes. Maybe she didn't know yet, though. She might not have. No. Kate had left Sonny, so he was all alone. And and Luke was having a surgery during which he had an out of another out-of-body experience, which makes sense to me now, because you just read that whole out-of-body ex experience. Yes. and. He walks through a fog until he comes to a gate, and upon entering, he finds a pianist playing a Sinatra tune and a drink sitting on the piano, which he downs. Because that's the first thing you do in heaven is down a martini. My kind of heaven. And he walks over to the microphone and does a touching rendition of My Way. And then still under the influence of anesthesia, Luke continues his dream, where he concludes that the real value in life is his family and not money. He regrets that he did not spend more time with his family, but overall he is satisfied with the life that he has led in a montage with a voiceover by Anthony Gary singing, I'll be home for Christmas. Aww. I didn't know that. No. Luke walks through the set of gates into the fog. Luke's family comforts each other in the hospital waiting room. And actually, so it ends with Luke just like walking. Okay. And I was kind of under the impression watching it on YouTube that he died. Okay. So I don't know if that was meant to be or if that's just from the little clip that I got, if that was it. 2008 is crazy. But I'm going to do the best job that I can of condensing <laughs> it because I feel like it's probably your Christmas story. Okay. The one thing that's kind of off is Robin and Patrick were finally planning to get married on December 26th. Okay. And they were getting the house together and everything because it was Emma's first Christmas. So they didn't want the wedding to interfere with her first Christmas. So yep. they decided to do the day after because she had interrupted their first wedding with being bored. Yes. <laughs> and so the funny story this year is that Santa was at the penthouse and Spinelli came in and Santa's fumbling with a PDA. Cause remember that's what we had 11 years ago. We didn't have <laughs> smartphones. We had PDAs <laughs> and Mrs. Claus had given it to him. He just wanted help from Spinelli on his new electronical gadget. And so then he wound up getting Spinelli to help him with delivering presents and Maxie showed up and they wind up basically going all over Port Charles, giving people random gifts. When they go see Lulu, he gives her a key and it's kind of, it's really weird. Lulu walked into Lucky's house and wished him a Merry Christmas. Johnny was working. So this is when Lulu and Johnny were together because I liked her with Johnny. Yeah. 
instead of her future mother-in-law? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Johnny being with the future mother-in-law. Right, right, right. That's weird, too. That is weird, too. And Lulu decided to keep him company since Elizabeth had the boys. And then Nicholas came over, and Luke showed up drunk, and they decided to order pizza. And they said that they didn't have a tree, and Luke was like, wouldn't you know? A tree just fell off a truck as I was on my way over. <laughs> And that's some good Nicholas luck. went out to get it in. <laughs> yeah. So then that's when the doorbell rang and Spinelli and Maxie were there and he gave her a key and Lulu thought that he was being stranger than usual. And they went back to decorating the tree because Maxie and Spinelli were like in and out mm-hmm. and they couldn't find the angel that Laura mm-hmm. always put on. And Luke talked about the fact that they bought the angel the first Christmas that they were together and it was Christmas Eve and they were putting up their tree and they realized they didn't have a topper. So they went to the store and they only had one angel left, but they were short on money. And so Laura batted her eyes and the storekeeper gave it to them at what they had. So the the angel was really, really special. And they found an empty box or what Lucky thought was an empty box that was locked. Mm. And don't you know? That key opened it? Uh Uh-huh. And there was the angel. (laughs) And then over at Patrick and Robin's, he walked in with eggnog lattes as Robin was having Ooh, a meltdown. That sounds awful. But Robin was having a meltdown. And any moms out there, you need to watch this. Because, and like Cookie said, it is legit. <laughs> like every mom meltdown when you're just trying to find something. It was perfection. Because she couldn't find a necklace that her mom had given to her on the wedding day that Philomena had given to Anna okay. on her wedding day. And this, that, and the other thing. Well, then... Patrick did not get the dessert that he was supposed to get. Uh Uh-huh. Right. So on top of that. I don't need your latte, boyfriend. You need to get my dessert. Exactly. Pretty much what Robin said. Well, then Robert and Anna showed up and they said, why don't we start with dessert first? Being that life's short and you start with something sweet. And Robin's like, yeah, we don't have it. And then Maxie and Spinelli show up and give her a little bag of sugar cookies. And Anna tastes one and it's Philomena's recipe. Aww. So they had dessert. And then Edward, Monica, and Tracy had all decided to have a miserable Christmas. So I'm glad that they all decided to have a miserable <laughs> Christmas. All right. Basically, they're arguing about everything. And Spinelli and Maxie show up and he had a gift, but he wasn't sure who it was for. And he pulls out a pair of glasses. And then eventually Edward and Tracy leave. They were not very nice in receiving of Spinelli and Maxie. And so they get out and Spinelli's like, but maybe these glasses mean something to you. I need to leave them. Right. Santa said, Santa said, I have to leave them. And so he put, he's like, well, I'll put them on the tree. Well, then she puts them on and Alan's there. And so she sees Alan and he's like, do you remember the time that I threw these glasses at you? Because I said that you only, maybe you need glasses because you only see what you want to see. That was sweet. And so they connected. And then Diane and Max had been, Max had been supposed to be spending their first Christmas together. And Sonny needed Max to be hosting people at his apartment. So Max was like, well, I got us a hotel room. And Diane's like, but we're supposed to stay at your house. Why don't you send the people there? This, that, and the other thing. (laughs) And Spinelli shows up with a phone to, well, so he gives, sorry, he shows up to Max and gives him a pawn ticket. And then he shows up to Diane and gives gives her a phone to call Max. I don't know why the pawn ticket. Okay. It just says that the next, basically, so that was all of the different, Oh, oh, and Bernie was lighting his menorah and he recited the Hebrew blessing. So I was really happy to see that they incorporated that as well. Then when they got back to the penthouse, you know, Santa was gone. 
the next morning, Maxie awoke and called Spinelli to tell her about her strange dream. And she had received a gift and opened it, which prompted her to call Spinelli. They had both received a picture of themselves with Santa. Cute. And that was it for 2008, which was bonkers. That is bonkers. It is. But that was a good one. Yeah. So we're back to me. 2009 yes. to 14. 2009. This year, Carly was with Jax. As you said, they had just had Jocelyn a couple months beforehand. We all know that Carly hates not knowing everything. So she came home from shopping and there was a present on the couch. So she says to Jax, oh, is that my present? Like she's going to open it early. And mm -hmm. he says, no, that's for your mom. Your present is well hidden. I am not dumb enough to wrap a present for you and leave it out in plain sight. So she starts harassing the boys about, do you know where Jax got my present? Oh my goodness. And Michael's holding strong because he's the oldest. But Morgan cracks and says, your present is in the attic. For some reason, she tries to get into the attic through the roof in the solar panel on the roof. They don't have an attic access? Right? That's okay. what I was thinking. I don't know why, but she decided to go that way. She had just commented on how they had the best decorations of the neighborhood. Because she was on the roof and could see them all? No, before, before <laughs> oh. she went on the roof. But then she went on the roof to try to get into the attic and... She fell, and not only did she fall, but she pulled down the root off. And so Jax said to her, yeah, you're lucky you didn't get hurt. That could have been awful. What are you doing? You should have been more careful. And warns her not to pull another stunt like that again, where Carly replies that the best way to avoid any future incidents would be for Jax to just give her her present. <laughs> It's like that. That's what Christmas Day is for. Tra is for you to just get your present. Traditional Carly. Aww. And then later the boys surprised her with a portrait of Jocelyn with her brothers. Aww. So it was a present worth waiting for, yeah. Carly. You don't need to be falling. Such a well thought. That is. Present. I know. Too. He's a good He's husband. So good. It mentions Robin and Patrick and their Christmas tree. And it goes on about her making him secure it to the wall because it's too big. I guess it was like a running joke with them because... It doesn't really hold any real purpose, it seems like. like they talk and about it And it wasn't mentioned in the year before that it fell over or anything. Right. It says, Robin checked the Christmas tree to make certain that Patrick had properly secured it to the wall so it wouldn't accidentally topple on top of Emma. Hmm. Robin was satisfied with the work, but she confessed that she had made up the study about the high percentage of kids injured by large trees. So I oh, don't so this know. might have been, yeah. Yeah, I guess she was just trying to be flirty, but reading it, it doesn't have the same effect. This is the um, first or one of the first years that they were trying to push Mac and Alexis together. Okay. So Mac says he, Mac stops by and gives presents. She invites him to stay. He says, no, he has to leave. And she assumes that it's for him to go hook up with Alexis. This was also the year that Maxie had just hooked up with Franco. And so Spinelli, James Franco Franco. Yes. Real, real Franco. I yes. love that story. Maxie took a tree from work that was all decorated and Spinelli was still trying to make things work with her. So he shows up with a little sad, pathetic tree and then is disappointed again that she has something better than what it was that he had to offer. Hmm. Lulu was relieved because they were trying to pull her in the middle of all of this. Yeah. So Lulu was relieved when someone knocked on the door. It was Dante. He wanted to know if Lulu would go to Lucky's party. She readily accepted the invitation. 
At the Davis residence, Diane wonders if Alexis had anything more festive than hot cocoa and fuzzy slippers. Sam, Molly, and Christina were gathered in the living room. Alexis notices that look that passed between her daughters and Diane. Alexis immediately suspected that the foursome were up to something. They tried to act more innocent, but a knock at the door betrayed them, and it was Max, not Mac, bearing gifts. Shortly afterward, Mac arrived. He had a present for Alexis. Alexis opened the present to discover an ice scraper and flashlight inside. Diane groaned. She was certain she was in the middle of a horror movie. Alexis was surprisingly grateful because these were items that she needed. And that was like their whole flirty. They were Mm -hmm. very practical. That was their whole relationship. I don't know you'd even count as a relationship, but they do kiss. This kind of reminded me of the whole Laura announcing that her and Scotty had hooked up in the beginning. It says, as Mac and Alexis kissed, everyone clapped and cheered. That's a little awkward. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yes. Uh, At the Haunted Star, Ethan found Luke playing cards alone in the dark. Luke was surprised that Ethan wasn't at Lucky's house, and Ethan pointed out that Luke had been invited also, but he wasn't there. And they kind of went back and forth about all of that. And he said kind of the same thing of our whole family should be together. I don't mm-hmm. know why you're here, blah, blah, blah. So in the end, they did end up, um, Luke, Luke wasn't coming. So Ethan went to the party and read a Christmas story to Cameron, Jake, and Spencer. And then Luke did show up as Lulu had the angel that you just got done telling us had been about Laura and yep. their first Christmas together and all that. Oh, it ends with Cameron looked up at the angel and waved at it. Because that would have been little boy Cameron. Yes. So cute. 2010, Luke and Tracy's wedding. This was when Brooklyn was originally in everyone's business and like part of Mm -hmm. the normal storylines. So Tracy was going to walk out on the wedding because she couldn't trust Luke and it wasn't going to work out. And she couldn't trust her feelings and all that. Brooklyn stepped up and was like, stop being stupid. You know you love him. He loves you go through with the ceremony and get it done. Right. So they ended up actually getting married. Brenda and Sonny were together and got engaged. And Carly was trying Wait, to Wait, was there a ring there? I don't know if it was. I don't know if they got engaged here. Hold on. If it doesn't say he gave her a ring, then probably not. So it says, because I didn't remember it saying actually a ring. They were at the Quartermains. Carly was there. And Brenda said to Carly, Hey, Sonny always has a brunch for his kids. It would be really nice if you would let Morgan come to that. Carly was not happy that Brenda was addressing this with her instead of Sonny himself. So to kind of diffuse the situation, Sonny took Brenda outside and they took a walk and they ended up in Lila's Rose Garden. And she talked about how much time she enjoyed spending there and all of the wonderful memories. And they talked about how much they loved each other. And so he told her that he wanted to spend the rest of his life with her. But it does not say that there was a ring. All right. I don't know if we want to count that or not. Brenda was surprised when Sonny asked her to marry him. But there was no ring. Back to Luke and Tracy getting married. Edward stared at a picture of Lila as he told her about Tracy's wedding. He was certain that Lila would have loved it because she had always had a soft spot for Luke. Ew, how weird would that have been if she had actually adopted Luke and Bobby? That would have been really weird. Thank God that didn't happen. Edward assured Lila that their daughter was happy, but he missed his wife. Edward heard someone open the patio door, so he turned to tell the person to use the front door. Edward was shocked to see Jason and Michael enter. Merry Christmas, Jason and Michael greeted Edward. Carly motioned Spinelli to join her in the foyer. 
Carly demanded to know if Spinelli had what she wanted. This is a ew moment for you. Spinelli reluctantly handed over some documents, which Carly quickly scanned. Carly smiled triumphantly when she discovered that Dante and Brenda had a child together and that Dante had given Brenda full custody of the baby. Carly confessed that the information was better than she had hoped. She took particular delight in knowing that Brenda was the mother of Sonny's grandchild. Wow. <laughs> I told you it was a good ear moment for you. Okay, so 2011 is whenever Robin thought that she was sick again. Mm. So she had called Brenda asking if she could give her the name of a doctor. And then for Christmas, she gave Patrick a new video camera. And she was crying because he gave her the deed to their property. They were going to build that house. Yeah, yeah. And Emma was like, why are you crying? And she was like, oh, I'm just so happy. But she didn't say that. She said, because I'm just so happy. So that was what's going on in the Drake house. This is the year that Dante and Lulu got married by cousin Tommy. And Olivia had invited everyone. And then Dante was like, no, get those people out of here. Mm -hmm. And then it turned out that Olivia just let them stand outside anyway. So they were basically part of this ceremony anyway. At the Quartermain Mansion, the family celebrated as per their custom, graping and sniffing at one another. Monica longed to have Jason home. She worried about his health and the uncontrolled rages he'd been having. Edward reminisced about Lila's gifts and Monica remembered Alan's. Lila had planned to give Edward monogrammed cufflinks the year that she had died, but hadn't ordered them in time. And then the last year that Alan was alive, he was planning on giving Monica a bracelet. So Tracy sent Alice out to go and buy those things for them. Mm. And then she wasn't able to get those in time. And Tracy was astonished, which again, I'm not sure why you're astonished that things aren't open all hours of the day and night on Christmas and Christmas Eve. Jason and Sam shared a peaceful Christmas Eve at the penthouse. They exchanged gifts. Each had given the other an ornament by the same artist. She got the phoenix and he got the dragon. Aww. Yes. That was so sweet. But it doesn't say anything about the normal party or anything that year. So I don't know if they didn't do that or where that was. 2012. This is when Olivia was having her visions. So they were at the hospital and she was swearing that she saw Maxie and Spinelli at the hospital, and everyone was like, you're crazy, they're not there, blah, blah, blah. And so later that day, Lulu and Dante checked on Maxie to see how she was, and she said she was fine, and then they all went to a party, and later in the evening, she called Spinelli and said she needed him. She was just trying to break him and Ellie up, and then when he went to leave, after realizing she was just calling him to try to break him and Ellie up, she got really bad stomach pains and they went to the hospital and that was when they found out that she was pregnant. Yeah. So it wasn't, I thought that was going to be when she miscarried, but she didn't miscarry until after the new year. AJ had invited Michael to his house, to the Quartermains for Christmas. Sonny had also. And so when Michael didn't show up because he was hooking up with Star, they both assumed that he had chosen the other dad. Mm. So that wasn't good for their relationships. Oh, and this is the year also, I watched this part of the episode. Lucy had on the cutest Christmas outfit. It was totally inappropriate for most people because that's what Lucy likes to wear. She stopped by to drop off Coco Cosmetics to everyone. And they had just realized that she still had the 1% of ELQ. And 
Tracy and AJ were fighting over who was going to be the. They like just sat there and kept trying to like woo her to take their side. AJ was getting her a drink. Tracy was mm-hmm. handing her presents that she had bought for somebody else and was like, if they don't fit you, you can just return them, but I bought these for you. Right. And back and forth trying to get main control over ELQ. And then um, lady, later, Tracy left the parlor muttering under her breath that she couldn't stand Lucy. You and me both, sister, Monica replied as she left the parlor with Tracy. Tracy was shocked that Monica had referred to her as sister. Monica explained that they had to stick together because Lucy was back. Merry Christmas to you, sister, Tracy replied with a smile. That was cute. I like how they had them like form a bond Truth, before yeah. she ended up leaving. And then 2013, Liesl was in jail along with Sunny because Sunny was covering up for Morgan shooting, mm-hmm. doing a shootout at the warehouse. Patrick and Robin were still together, talking about how they found their way back to each other. Patrick promised his wife that nothing would ever tear them apart again, and she leaned in to kiss him. Patrick apologized that it had taken him so long to realize that his heart had always belonged to her, and Robin told him that she loved him, so she refused to let a few days of indecision stand in her way. That was right after he had made the decision between her and Sabrina. Mm -hmm. And Sabrina was at home taking care of Carlos, who had got shot and needed someone to take care of him. Now, Emma got a present from Sabrina and announced that it was the best present ever. It was what she really wanted. And so they had to let her call Sabrina and tell her thank you, which good for them. Did it say what it was? It says Emma held up a present and announced that it was from Sabrina. So she opened it and exclaimed with delight because it was a Dinah Girl Adventure Kit. Weren't they, didn't they dress That's up what that they one year? Like I was going to say, yeah. yeah, wasn't that what they dressed up with? Emma was eager to thank Sabrina, so Robin assured her it would be fine. Yeah, this year doesn't say anything about the children's parade or anything like that either. Liesl watched from her jail cell as Sunny was led away. It was a Merry Christmas indeed, Liesl said, as she sat down on the cot and then began to sing O Tannenbaum. All right, 2014, this is the year that... They gathered for the general hospital party. Mistletoe became a major topic of conversation and reunions were all the rage. Unfortunately, it soon became clear that not everybody was going to get what they wanted for Christmas. First up was Molly, who was pretty much the happiest girl in town, thanks to the return of her dear dad, Rick. When she went upstairs to retrieve the letter had written her before dying, Rick shared a few words with Sam. And that they went into the whole complicatedness of the fact that Rick and Sam had hooked up previously and they were going to put that behind them for... That her dad slept with her sister? (laughs) They were going to put that behind them and just move forward. So that was that. Now back at the hospital for the party. When it was time for the reading of the Christmas story, the lights flickered and a horrendous beast appeared at the top of the staircase above the nurse's station. While this was yet another person wearing a rubber mask, it wasn't the Luke imposter or Faison, but rather Liesl. Rather than tell the story of Christmas, which Nicholas described as being about Santa and presents and elves, with nary a mention of a swaddled babe in a manger, Liesl had opted for the story of Krampus, a creature from the German folklore who ate children and looked like a non-green Grinch. Mm -hmm. Eventually, Monica saved the day, but Emma trembled in fear while Jocelyn delighted in the terrifying tale. They banished Krampus and got Santa to join them. That was that, like, when Jocelyn was in that weird age. That, yeah, like, she wasn't sorassed yet. Everything. She was right. into she, the Children of the Corn yes. and all the scary stuff. She was yeah. cute, though. In the end, however, it was Maxie who got the true holiday miracle, 
having flown to Portland, she knocked on Spinelli's door and was festooned with the world's brightest wreath. It was a final reunion between her daughter Georgie, and by FaceTime, she introduced Georgie to Nathan. That Krampus one. That was messed up, but it was <laughs> so lethal. It was. Every time I see, there's a Facebook meme that uh-huh. keeps going around. Every time I see it, I'm ready to screenshot it and send it to you because it makes me think of that. It's fine. So, okay, that's all for the. All right, so 2015 was Avery's first Christmas. Aww. Lulu and Dante were estranged. Sabrina had just told Michael that the baby was actually Carlos's and not his. Jake, kid Jake, was back. Mm. So at the Weber house, Elizabeth was pulling out all the stockings and everything. And Jake was like, do you have one for me? And she did because she had kept it even though he had, quote, died. Okay. And Jason, because we thought Jake, adult Jake was Jason at this time. Yes. He was in a hospital. Or he was, sorry, he was in prison and... Cameron is asking if Jason's going to be home for Christmas, which didn't we just have this whole conversation about Halloween too? So Jason likes being locked up for holidays and then (laughs) making the grand entrance. Yeah. Because sure enough, he came home. But before that, Liz had sat down and talked to the kids about the Christmas story and explained how their great-grandfather, Steve Hardy, had started by telling the story and then Jason's dad took over. So I never thought about that before. Right. That... You know, both of their families were the ones that tell the Christmas story. Yes. And then Jason winds up showing up. At the Corinthoses, Christina had given Sonny a selfie stick. Kiki had brought over Avery to see Sonny. And they all gather around for a selfie, even Lulu. Because Lulu had just brought Rocco over, too. Yeah. And then in Paris, Emma, Robin, and Patrick were there. Emma was talking about Santa and all that they stuff. They really do them. go to France a lot. They do, except for this time we see them. Okay. And Emma was afraid that Robin was going to leave again. And then moments later, Robert and Anna, dressed as St. Nicholas and Mrs. Noel, arrived. And they transformed the hotel into a Christmas wonderland. Aww. And all that fun stuff. So then in 2016, it was the first Christmas without Morgan. Tom Baker had just been stabbed to death. So Merry Christmas, Liz. Mm-hmm. Sam was pregnant with Scout by Drew. Okay. This was the first Christmas that we also had Charlotte. And Lulu and Valentine were working out their still ongoing custody issues. Nell was being helpful at the Corinthoses. And Carly had actually bought her a gift that was three hearts because of all that she had done for her and Joss. Oh. They, Carly, Joss, and Nell were always going to be connected. So there was three hearts on the necklace. Yes. And they well, just how things change. reminisced <laughs> about... Morgan and everything and Michael gave a present to his parents a framed photo as Morgan as the little drummer boy. At Windermere Lulu hugged Charlotte goodbye and vowed that it would be the last Christmas without her daughter. Then in 2017 it was Kevin and Laura's wedding. We should have been counting the weddings too. We should have. Nell was pregnant with Jonah. Okay. Michael was not sure if he was the father though. Okay. So he was at least open about that one. They weren't sure. (laughs) Everyone was stuck at the church for Luke and or for Kevin and Laura's wedding because of the weather. Mm-hmm. Julian had just opened Charlie's like recently. Wow, it T- doesn't seem like Charlie's has been open that long. And then TJ and Molly were hosting their respective families for Christmas. And this is when the power went out. Okay. And so they all went down to Charlie's and Julian. I remember that, but it the does store. not feel like that long ago. Yep. Kicked the restaurant back up and they all had dinner together and then they gave the extra food to the homeless and eventually everyone did start arguing though like julianne and 
Alexis. And then this is when Stella still hated Jordan and everything. Mm. In 2018, Jason, Sam, and Danny donated to Toys for Tots. And Sam explained to Danny, like, the importance of donating because other kids might not be able to. Liz confronted Lulu about Charlotte bullying Aiden because mm. holiday functions with family are the time to do that. They are. They are. Hadn't there just been, like, a school party or something, though? Right. That she was being a jerk. And Cameron was trying to buy the pot for Oscar because Oscar was stuck in the hospital for the holiday. Yes. This is when we first met Yvonne because he, Mike bought her a present and that was his girl and he had bought her the bracelet. Once again, the Santa costume went missing. We should have kept track of that too. (laughs) I know. So Drew, because now he's Drew. Right. Called Sonny and asked for a favor. And so he left for the hospital with Carly and Jason. And at the hospital, Sonny handed over the Santa suit and Drew was Santa. But they still don't have the huge party like they used to. Yeah, and I wish they'd go really back festive. to that. And Santa arrived with his helpers, Jocelyn and Cameron, and they handed out gifts. Hmm. And this is when Cameron and Oscar finally started to get along. Okay. You know, but Cameron started giving him pot. So, and then Cam gets in trouble That's for it. That's the gift. Merry Christmas. So who's to know? <laughs> so we're recording this on Monday, so we don't know anything that's happening this week. Right. But we did go to social media and asked what were other people's favorite General Hospital Christmas moments. And so many people said Dr. Hardy. Mm, of course. That was just classic. Amanda K. 7814. Anything with Lila and Edward. Aww. Camille Fatano, Dante and Lily's first wedding. Those are all on Instagram. And then on Twitter, Rose Kelly PC, General Hospital equals Dr. Steve Hardy telling the kids the story of Christmas from the pediatric ward, which were the real kids of the GH show. She must listen to That's Awesome also. Yep. I still watch one each year because it's a Christmas Christmas tradition. A favorite memory, Luke home to top the tree with Laura and Lucky in 93. Aw. Because I think that might have been when he actually came home. Because didn't Laura and Lucky come back first? Yeah. So I think that might have actually been his big re-entry. Okay. Ex-Jason Morgan fan. Jason teasing Liz, then fighting Nicholas. Liaison were so cute teasing each other. And Jesse Martinez, Elizabeth, and Jason's Christmas in the studio with a little tree and the paper ornaments. Because they made a paper train. Mm -hmm. And it was really cute. And so those were all on Twitter. So we hope that you have enjoyed our recap of all the Port Charles... Christmas memories. If we miss something, let us know. So join us on Monday as we do a recap of this week's episodes. Have a good weekend. And we'll meet you at the pier. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed today's show, we invite you to go to pier54podcast.com to subscribe on your favorite platform. Don't forget to leave us a review. And you can also follow us on many social media channels. Just search for pier54podcast. Also, we are not perfect, so if there is something that we missed or messed up, just let us know by emailing us at peer54podcast at gmail.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.